Hey, Brian. Hey. Hey, guys. Welcome back to There's Gotta Be a Line, the show where we talk about anything and everything and cross a few lines while we're at it. Um, today, we are going to talk about um, a, a little, a, a little um, an interesting case here. Now, I want to disclose first and say that I am looking at the Wikipedia listing on this. I am looking at the Fox News version. No, <laughs> so, so um, I just wanted to say, like, you know, Wikipedia does have some some good sources and things like that, but it is a free encyclopedia. People can go on and edit the listings and things like that. So, and so, Fox News is hella right wing. So. And Fox News is hella right wing. So, you know, fuck Fox. But no, no, not 21st Century Fox run by Disney because they're fucking hilarious. Fox but News. But Fox News Corporation? Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to read through the listing here, but to open it up a little bit, what we're going to talk about is the only known unsolved case of air piracy in commercial aviation history. Yes, which is hilarious because he's still never been caught. But at the same time, though, like, they knew, like, they have evidence. Like, they knew the serial numbers of the money he took. Yeah, no, no, they've got plenty of evidence. Now, if they're going off this FBI rendering of trying to find this man, they're not going to find him. Because if this is the way the dude really looked. He looks generically white. Like, I'm fucking shocked. But I'm, I'm happy for him, you know? But also, like, I bet he's racist, but, like, you know, well, bad boy. <laughs> I was, he disappeared, it says, November 24th, 1971, 49 years ago. Now, I don't know when this listing was or if it's been updated recently, but I don't want to do the math quickly right now. Um, but, yeah, he looks jank as hell. But I'm really proud of him, you know? If you can do that, if you're, if you're living the high life, bro, go for it. But... Um, long story short, this man's name is D.B. Cooper, and it's not his real name, it's a pseudonym, a pseudonym for him. Um, I'm gonna read off the listing real quick in Wikipedia, just so we can kind of break this down and talk about how the fuck this happened. He's, and keep in mind, it's still unsolved, so we can, we can speculate on whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) Allegedly, though, he died, um, and, um, he died at the age of 94, um, well, a guy who said that it was that he was D.B. Cooper died at the age of 94, and, um, it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> like, it, uh, it might add up. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Mm. Okay, so I'm gonna read it off. I'm just gonna read it off. So, Dan Cooper is the pseudonym of an unidentified man who hijacked a Boeing 727 aircraft in the United States airspace between Portland and Seattle on the afternoon of November 24, 1971. The man purchased his airline ticket using the alias Dan Cooper, but because of a news miscommunication, became known in popular lore as D.B. Cooper. He extorted $200,000 in ransom, equivalent to $1,260,000 in 2019. Side note, if you listen to our podcast episode on minimum wage... That's a hell of a lot inflation. So, okay. So, if you're listening. That's what's called um, a callback in the show industry. <laughs> yes. So, okay. And parachuted to an uncertain fate. Despite an extensive manhunt and proje- uh, 
protracted FBI investigation. The perpetrator has never been located or identified. It remains the only unsolved case of air piracy in commercial aviation history. Many FBI agents are of the opinion that Cooper probably did not survive his high-risk jump, but his remains have never been recovered. The FBI maintained an active investigation for 49 years after the hijacking. Despite a case file that has grown to over 60 volumes that period, over that period, no definitive conclusions have been reached regarding Cooper's true identity or whereabouts. Numerous theories of widely varying plausibility have been proposed over the years by investigators, reporters, and amateur enthusiasts. A young boy discovered a small cache of banknotes from the ransom along the banks of Which, the Columbia first River. First of all, fucking dumbass. Like, why would you snitch? <laughs> <laughs> bro, if I found money, dude, I'd be like, oh, bro, I'm If sure. I found the guy, I'm just going to go, like, I'm going to butt up with him. Because, first of all, if he managed to do this, listen. There's a whole lot of airlines out there, dude. <laughs> I, I would take the money, okay? I would take the money and the risk over the piss poor fucking life I'm living right now. If he died, like, and I like, just found his dead body with, like, the bag, though, what would you do? If there's money with it, if there's, I'm fucking mm-hmm. taking the money. Okay. Cause I'm most Or, and if I do report him, I'll be like, yeah, man, there was no money here. I, oh, no, nah, cause they had the serial numbers of the money that he used. Okay, man. But my thing. Well, I'd go that, spend it all first. Cause, like, in the counterfeit industry, you know, the way they make money is to counterfeit the bills and then they go out and spend those bills and get real money back. Yeah. So it's like, I, that was one thing I didn't know. I, I learned it like on a dock a little while ago, but it's like, cause I was always like, how do you make money off counterfeit money? Do you just use that money? No, you actually go and put it in the circulation. Now, my favorite thing is that, um, people like who still, uh, credit card like numbers, right? They go make small purchases that don't alert your bank to see if you have money. Then if you do have money, then they like go and, um, spend on some big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, people are really smart and honestly, like, the success rate for it is kind of high because it's really hard to like not necessarily prove but to get police to actively search out like identity fraud the secret service is actually in charge of that well they fucking suck which by the way it's a shitty secret because i know they exist well no because the the secret service was um originally established to prevent counterfeiting yes and then they went to protecting presidents yeah I don't know the transition there. We can figure it out. But uh, I think because one guy got shot, and then like they were like, "Oh shit, we got to do something." And then like, but why were they like, "Let's take this force that is in charge of protecting money"? Because white people. That's your most valuable asset, money. So it's like, oh, valuable asset is money. We can protect that, which they don't do a great job at. <laughs> and then look, I found some ones on the ground, and I'm like. Ah. It, Somebody, so, oh, it's, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. <laughs> you drop, you drop a dollar bill. Secret Service pops up. Hey, you fucking pick that back up. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so um, bank notes from the ransom along the banks of the Columbia River in February 1980. The fund triggered renewed interest, but ultimately only deepened the mystery, and the great majority of the ransom remains unrecovered. By the way, I, I think I solved this already. Yeah? Yeah. What's your theory? It is Sheridan Peterson. Looks exactly like the fucking drawing. Google it right now. I'm, well, I'm, not, also, going, I'm not going to, but the listeners. He also um died on, um, at the age of 94, like I said earlier. But the funny thing is, though, he admitted to his friends that he did it. And he also, I think, worked for Boeing. So that, it, that lines up. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> It really does. <laughs> because if I knew how planes worked, I would steal money from a plane. It really does pique your interest, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. And the good thing is that, like, he, I think when he did it, he asked for more to pull, like, parachutes. 
and he knew, cause like, cause they gave him like ones that didn't work and ones that worked, right? And he knew the ones that didn't work, so he just flew off the plane, jumped, gone forever, done. I wonder though, cause like, it was that 1971? Did the Boeing 727 at that point in time have autopilot? Uh, I know f- that the pilot was still flying the plane, so I don't know if it had autopilot. I, I don't think it did, just because I know, I don't, like, I'm, like... I'm just reading through the summary, first of all, like, this isn't the whole thing, there's a whole page on it here, but, like, what were the logistics of that? Did he, air piracy, like, did he fly the plane at all, or did he No, just... he didn't, no, no, because there were actually, like, real lot of, like, pilots uh, who were flying it. Because what he did was he hijacked the plane, right? Mm-hmm. Said, I, yeah, I think he said that he had a bomb or some shit. Like, everyone does. Um, then he tells them, because, like, they were passengers, so they land the plane. All the passengers get off. And he's like, hey, FBI, they gave me 200K. They get 200K inside the plane. He takes it. They fly off. And I, I, I forgot where the fuck he said that he, he wanted to go. So they fly. And then um, he knew that that plane had a hatch in the back that you could just open up and just jump out of. He jumps out, gone forever. Damn. Yeah. You know what's wild about this, too, though, is it says the FBI officially suspended active investigation of the case in July 2016. So it wasn't long ago that they stopped, like, actively pursuing this case. It says they continue to request that any physical evidence that might emerge related to the parachutes or the ransom money be submitted for analysis. They always say that, though. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, once, once you suspend it, it's kind of... You know, like, unless someone happens upon it, they're never going to open it back Ooh, up. Ooh, also, Lawrence Sperry invented autopilot in 1914. So are we saying it could have had autopilot? It could have had autopilot. But, given the circumstances, we think that the pilots just flew it. Un- yes. Under his demands. Yes, because, I I mean, yeah, because I don't think that you're just fucking flying a plane that's hijacked. Well, there's, I mean, there's more information on here about, like, there's, about the passengers being released and the hijacking and things like that, and obviously we're not going to sit here and just read through this whole thing as a podcast episode, but... No, wait, wait, hold up, hold on. Interesting tidbit here. The same man who invented autopilot also invented the Maha Club. Fucking genius. I swear. <laughs> I swear. All right. I'm trying to, because this is about the the hijacking, and that's at least the interesting part. Like, there's more to it, but that is really interesting. So, yeah, on that day, it was, this is specifically about the hijacking, if you look at the Wikipedia page. And it says a middle-aged man carrying a black Attache case? It's it's a briefcase. Um, Approached the flight counter of Northwest Orient Airlines. Is that still an airline? I I don't think it. Wait, NWA? In OA, well, I, Northwest. Uh, I've heard of. I've, 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 I'm pretty sure I've seen NWA or airlines. Uh, so it might be that. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I, no, they ceased operate. Well, they merged with Delta. Okay. Yeah. So, but okay. by the way, I love Delta. Nice. But yeah, he um, he approached the counter, identified himself as Dan Cooper, used cash to purchase a one-way ticket on flight 305, a 30-minute trip north to Seattle. This man did all this in a, on a 30-minute flight. That's dedication. That's why I call it making it happen. Right, because I'd be over here procrastinating. I'd be like, nah, too short of a flight. That's that's not even long enough flight to get in-flight service. Like you, you don't, don't you don't even get drinks on that flight. You don't, because like you know when I fly from like here to Atlanta, like I never get or like here to Charlotte. Yeah, it's such a you're like 27 minutes in in air. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's dude. I mean, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so he boarded. 
He boarded the Boeing 727-100 and took C-18C. I love how they have this much information and don't know where the fuck he is. Um, 18E by one account and 15D by another. Does he not have a ticket? Do you not have to sit in the seat? I don't know. I, I don't know. Back in the day, like, you know, they still let you smoke in planes. So. Oh, this was pre-9-11, so there weren't yeah, all the so, bullshit security regulations. Exactly. Yeah. Which you can pay for. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, you can get TSA pre-check and just straight through. <laughs> right. You know what, though? Going through the airport, seeing all the signs, there was like, Officer McDaniels recovered this firearm. What about the fucking guns you didn't get, bud? I'm like, what a narc. All that does, <laughs> all that does is make me worried. Like, exactly. if I if there weren't any pictures, I'd be like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, I'm just yeah, getting on a plane. Yeah, it's like an everyday thing. But no, yeah. they've got a fucking RPG on a poster, and they're like, this was recovered from the flight right before yours. Oh, but how about the guy with the small, like, nuclear arms, huh? It's like, hey, bro, I don't know. Like, I don't want to know. <laughs> but, so he sat in the rear of the passenger cabin. Cooper was a quiet man who appeared to be in his mid-40s wearing a business suit with a black tie and white shirt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, he did order a drink, a bourbon and soda. You can't. They don't do that now. They don't. Um, customer service in planes has gone like downhill. Can we talk about that? Can we get the same service that Dan Cooper got yes, on like this I, plane? Yes, like I want to smoke in a plane. And I'm not even going to hijack it. So I, why? Come on. I mean, I don't even smoke, but I want to smoke in a plane. You know. I'm gonna be like, I don't oh. want to, but sure. I'm like, eh, yeah, you see? <laughs> you see? You see? <laughs> and I want to read the New York Times and, you know, all that good stuff. Talk about Wall Street. Yes. And how Reddit traders are going to bankrupt it in 30 years 40 years yes pretty much all right that's how you really make, make this plane was only again. a third full too okay so flight 305 approximately a third full departed portland at 2 50 p.m pacific standard time shortly after takeoff of course shortly after takeoff it only lasted 30 minutes cooper handed a note to florence schaffner the flight attendant situated nearest to him on a jump seat attached to the aft stair door schaffner assumed the note containing Contained a lonely businessman's phone number, dropped it unopened into her purse. Oh, okay, so this was a lady. He, she thought she was like, you know, just assumed that she was getting hit on. I want to know what she looked like. I want to know what what gave her the nerve to think that somebody would just be hitting on her that hard. Exactly. Like, come uh, on, it's not all about you, honey. Yeah, I'm like, I, yeah, like I'm trying to commit a crime here. Like, yeah, like, chill. Read the note. Give him my money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cooper leaned toward her and whispered, "Miss, you'd better take a look at that note. I have a bomb." So he did say he had a bomb. Good for him. Interesting. Good for him. The nerve on that guy. I wonder if he had a fucking wheelbarrow to carry his nuts around in. <laughs> <laughs> big dick alert. <laughs> <laughs> big dick. Big dick energy. Right. The note was printed in neat, all capital letters with a felt tip pen. Its exact wording is unknown because Cooper later reclaimed it. But Schaffner recalled that the note said that Cooper had a bomb in his briefcase. After she read it, um, Cooper told her to sit beside him. Schaffner did as requested, then quietly asked to see the bomb. Cooper opened the briefcase long enough for her to glimpse eight red cylinders, four on, um, four on top of four. Attached to wires coated with red insulation and a large cylindrical battery. So he, like, even if it wasn't a real bomb, he went... Look. Do you think it was a real bomb? I don't think it was, because it never is a real bomb. Like, it, no it, one ever really wants to die. Mm-hmm. No one ever really wants to die. Because, look, look, look. I'm sitting right here, and I could disagree. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's fine, guys. Uh, you know, depression. No. No. Um, uh, no. I think our listening demographic understands the fatalist mentality of the newer generation. Yeah. Versus, like, if I make these jokes around the older people at work. Like, we were driving by a cemetery, and I was like, ah. Oh. What I what I, I would die to be in there. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, oh, man, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine, man. We just, this is something that we talk about. It's not, I wouldn't go out and, like, 
kill myself. But if it were to happen, would I be upset about it? That takes a whole lot of time, though, if you think about it. You know? What? To kill yourself. I've, there's always been that question of, like, are you a strong person or a weak person if you kill yourself? If you have life insurance and beneficiaries. Oh, but if they deem it suicide, then you don't get... Your your insurance is void. It's like death by cop. If you if you have like life insurance and you know that your family's gonna be taken care of or something and there's no way out of it and like people you know they'll flash a gun so they get killed by the cop. That's that's like death by cop or suicide. So your life insurance is void. Remember Aaron Hernandez? Yeah, I remember him. Uh, I, I saw the doc on Netflix. Yeah, you know, like he like his family might not get the money. Yeah. Well, okay, because the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. I oh my god, I can't remember it now. Guys, if you haven't watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary, it's wild. And also, if if we need to have the discussion that your brain defines who you are, so if your brain is damaged, it means that your personality and your well-being your itself will be damaged, then we can have that discussion. But the man had the worst case of um, CTE. CTE ever documented for someone his age. Okay, and what is that? Um... Traumatic encephalopathy, but is it chronic? Chronic traumatic? Yeah, it's chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah, it is chronic. Yeah. yeah. So basically, if you don't know what that is, it means he's taken so many hits throughout his football career and hit so many times that his brain rocked back and forth in his head and caused like scarring and damage and swelling and things like that. And we know through lobotomies and all the unethical, you know, research throughout the years. That if, if there's damage in your brain, then it messes with who you are. It does, yeah. So, and but as humans, we always feel like we have to blame people. So it's like the amygdala in your brain is responsible for fear and aggression, right? The clock tower sniper. Uh, it was like University of Texas or something. And then, but they, he was, for all intents and purposes, on all accounts beforehand, recognized as like a generally nice guy, all this stuff. When they, when they got him and after he died and stuff, they did an autopsy and found a tumor on his amygdala. Oh. And it's like, yeah, the part of his brain that incites fear and aggression it's going was to fucked fear up. And aggression. Yeah. Was fucked up. Yeah, it, it, you're definitely going to be be not, yeah, like not right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what happened with that. And But, but yeah, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. But I can't remember exactly what it was, but the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, they did... Because what was it? Because he allegedly hanged himself in Cause, prison, right? Yeah, because he killed him because... Cause in, ever, because in the NFL, you you get your money if you're not convicted of a crime. Because he wasn't convicted yet, he... Uh, no, no, no. They... What happened? There was some law where they reversed it. They reversed the conviction. Yeah. And then they went back and tried to change that law in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and reconvicted him, like, posthumously. Which was, I think, the first case yeah. that they had done that. Yeah. So. Which is why, like. Because like, that was the intent, right? That was yeah. the intent that he killed himself. Yes. Was yeah. So, so they would get the money. Yeah. Yeah. For his family. But. Because, you know, he had a kid's girlfriend. Even though he beat his girlfriend. Which whole other thing about life. Again, CTE. And I'm not saying it's right. Like, he definitely needed help for that. But. Yes. At what point. Can you be helped if you have that kind once, of damage yeah, like to your once brain? Once you take that many hits to your head, dude, like that's uh, that's crazy. Because it's the same thing. If someone ends up in a vegetative state, or they end up getting amnesia or whatever, it's like, oh, I understand. Like you were in an accident, whatever. So because it's not 
aggressive in nature, we we tend to understand. We're like, okay, like obviously it's a it's a traumatic brain injury, but then because someone becomes aggressive because of, I mean, yeah, it's a just, brain injury, same same reason. It's it's a sadie, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's because people just need someone to blame. Yeah, but like if we took a second beforehand and thought maybe if you're gonna play a violent sport, we should have like more rules and better equipment in place <laughs> some of those heads i'm like holy shit. and people get so mad now they're like targeting that's such a stupid rule and someone's hitting your head like unprotect you're considered a defenseless player like it causes things like that and they're like you're really gonna say that it could cause someone to be a murderer yes yeah yeah because uh, uh yeah rather save uh, one life <laughs> like yeah and everyone football then Really, just fucking... and football's still fun to watch. Like, yeah. can we get past that where it's like, oh, you can barely touch people? I still see some pretty damn hard hits, and they're clean. Yes, but it's also like, man, like this motherfucker's like. It's like, really oh, because okay? it's not because there's not a threat of immediate death on the field. It's not fun for you anymore. <laughs> yes, Nick. That's like that's exactly why. I swear. <laughs> but back to back to DB Cooper here. It was, yeah, so they had the bomb. Um, what was it? After closing the briefcase, he stated his demands of $200,000 in negotiable American currency. Four parachutes, two primary and two reserve, and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft, the aircraft upon arrival. Shatter conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilots in the cockpit. When she returned, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. The pilot served in World War II, contacted the Seattle airport, informed the local and federal authorities. 35 other passengers were given false information that their arrival in Seattle would be delayed because of a minor mechanical difficulty. Imagine that. You're on the plane and they're not going to tell you what's going on. No. Okay. What's crazy about some plane wrecks is that they will try and not cause panic in, in the cabin. Because, you know, if you fly, like, the pilot has, like, all all authority, right? Yeah. So they will, like, say, hey, uh, things have been delayed. It'll take a while. It's like, oh, shit, dude. The, the landing gear is, is not coming down. <laughs> What you got to do is you got to get you um, one of those Ford F-150 Raptors, right? You got to get it out on the runway, get it up to about 150, and then that landing gear can just land right in the truck. That, sounds like, a, that sounds like a commercial that I think Toyota did. On the I tun- think so. <laughs> it, like, it was like on the tunnel. I was like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. That's a- no, it was Nissan on the it Pathfinder. On the little-ass Pathfinder. Pathfinder? Oh, the Pathfinder's what? an SUV. No, then what's the other one they make? They a Tacoma? No, 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 no. It's, it's the a trucks Frontier, are like, Frontier. Oh, Frontier. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was a Frontier. It wasn't even like the fucking Titan. Oh, I was like, it was a Toyota, yeah. Yeah, I was like, how the fuck is that little bitty truck going to handle this? It, you know, according to the dramatization of that commercial, it did just fine. Hey, I mean, I didn't read this one, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Do not try this at home. It's like, fuck. Uh, it's like, hey, Bobby. Do not land. <laughs> but imagine if one of the other 35 passengers on the plane was like a specialist in something that they could have prevented it. Yeah, but then like DB wouldn't have gotten his 200K. Yeah, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. We'd just be like, hey, this man got shot. Killed. <laughs> <laughs> but Northwest President, Northwest Orient's president, authorized payment of the ransom and ordered all employees to cooperate fully with the hijackers' demands. The aircraft circled... Puget Sound for approximately two hours to allow Seattle police and the FBI sufficient time to assemble Cooper's parachutes and rent some money and to mobilize emergency personnel. I mean, this man really... I don't know, like... 
I just think it's funny how like you could get away with some stupid crimes like back in the day. You really could. Oh, that reminds me. I saw something. Oh, fuck, what was it? Okay, so it, it was like a generational gap, and yeah. someone came and knocked on the door, and the person they were with was like, you know, checked through the peephole and was like, who is it? Before they just opened the door, and they were like, what are, you, what are you checking on who it is or whatever? And they were like, man, no wonder that like serial killers ran rampant back in the day. You got you just leave the door unlocked. You just open the door for whoever. It's like you don't care who's coming. Like I didn't have anyone planned to come over, so why would I just open the door when the door knocks? Like why is there a peephole in the door? I'll be honest. I don't even talk to the person. I, 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 I look at my ring. I'm like... I don't know that person. I'm not gonna answer. <laughs> right. And it's like they really made it easier, like easy for murderers and stuff back in the day. Yeah, like my mom like does that shit too, and I'm like, mom, you don't know who the fuck like you is don't coming know who in. It is. Like, it's like, no, I'm not gonna answer the door. I had no plans. That's why there's a lock on the door. But even now, there are people come over there like, why do you lock your door if you're if you're just going outside for five minutes, or why do you lock your door if you're like if you're home? People stop and you're not going to sleep. Ways. Be, why if I'm a home and not going to sleep? I could be sitting on the couch watching TV or something. If someone walked in and wanted to shoot me, I would not be able to react fast enough. Yeah, because you're sitting on the couch, like, like not like being immobile as hell. <laughs> I would look up. It would take half a second at least to like recognize who they are, and then another half a second to process that information. By the time I'm doing that, I got a bullet between my eyes. And then I got like probably another second to, to call that person a pussy. <laughs> yeah. If it, I, we talked about this the other day. I, if I get shot, you better hope to God it kills me immediately because if I know I'm already going to die, I got nothing else. That's true. Yeah. I got nothing else. I'm, I'm going to come after you. Because, yeah, because, yeah, because, like, I mean, yeah, like, why am I hiding? When? Yeah, I was already shot. Yeah. I'm not going to cower down. Like, it's going to hurt like hell, but I'm going to get a few seconds of adrenaline, just yeah. pure fucking adrenaline rage. Right. But, yeah, I mean,. That's our little tidbit about D.B. Cooper. There's so much more information on it. And if you didn't know who he was, it's we had a buddy who um, kept requesting that we talk about him. And, um, yeah, and fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. No, we'll, we'll probably have him on the show eventually. We haven't had any visitors yet, but we got a few regular listeners who um, who want to come on here and talk. And we'll, we'll let them come on here and we'll figure out something to talk about and give them a platform. And um, But that's our little tidbit on D.B. Cooper. Um... You know who else is a real mysterious fellow? <laughs> is it Zeus? <laughs> it's Zeus. But he's not that mysterious, in all honesty. Like, he'd just be fucking. There's not really a lot of mystery to Zeus, honestly. There's mystery and fucking. I... <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> but, um, alright. So, every week, we're going to bring you some new information about uh, one of Zeus's love stories. The one that we're looking at now is like the top five Zeus's lovers and their stories. We're on number four. And I'm number one. At this point. <laughs> and Zeus is number one in your heart. Um, <laughs> if not, he'll make he'll find a way to make himself number one in your heart. He might be a dog and then fuck you. He, <laughs> a why, if he's a god and he could go with that. No. Okay, so there's another podcast called um, The Last Podcast on the Left. And they talk about, they have hundreds of episodes and they talk about it's like really well done and they they talk about um serial killers like flat earthers all this kind of stuff and there's it's you really have to be into like true crime stories and stuff to listen to it but earth is actually flat though i look dude i look at the ground all the time dude it's flat as fuck (laughs) (laughs) tell me it's not tell me it's not 
you know there was a guy who made his own rocket and flew up and tried to prove that the earth was uh, flat and he got like a couple hundred feet in the air and then crashed and died he, he was right because he fell on the flat ground oh my, god. <laughs> oh my gosh Tell me I'm wrong. There you go. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if I should tell the people that you don't actually believe that, or if we should just let it go. Oh, I mean, I do. He's really a flat earther, guys. He really yeah, is. Yeah. We have we argue about it all the time. Yes. Nonstop cause, quarrels. Because I yeah, because I drive on the flat ground. It <laughs> is flat. No, and it's not even flat. You wouldn't fall off the edge because there's a big dome over it, like Springfield or whatever. Uh, the Truman Show? Oh, yeah. To see yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah. E for, e for a thousand eyes, try forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a big dome, and the moon is just a, a lamp. And <laughs> Can we talk about like when girls give you dome? <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's too far. Is it? <laughs> is it too far? Depends on how far my dick goes down the throat. <laughs> if I were a woman, I would for sure like dumb Zeus. Bro, he can give you riches. He really can. Or turn you into a cow. I'd, I'd want him to start <laughs> off. Never mind. <laughs> That's going to be too much. That is too much, baby. Sex is a heteronorm. I love it. Or homonorm. Because everything I, hey, is normal. Hey, you know. Hey. I don't care who you're fucking. Just let me watch. <laughs> That's called... Voyeurism? Ex- no, it's it called um, exhibitionist. Someone who likes to watch them. Uh, or cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Um, okay. So we're on number four in this list. There's five on this list. So after, you know, next week, we'll be looking at a different article or something else. Maybe try to find a spicier one because these are more like love stories. And I'm like, man, I want, I want to know about the heat and the passion, you know. Oh, it says this one's a super sad story. Ooh, let's read it. So it says Sameli. This is what I'm going to call this girl, Sameli. Um, wait, wait, is it a pseudonym like D.V. Cooper? It's not. <laughs> Callback. Callback to earlier, like 10 minutes ago. Um, so it says this one is actually a super sad story. Sameli was a mortal mother of the god of wine, Dionysus. I fuck with her already. Um, Zeus's wife, Hera, discovered his affair with Semele when she later became pregnant. Is that what... Do you think that's why I call, um, like, wine connoisseurs are called sommeliers? Because it's similar to Semele? Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, discovered his affair with Semele when she later um, became pregnant. Appearing as an old crone, Hera befriended Semele, who confided in her that her lover was actually Zeus. Hera pretended not to believe her and planted seeds of doubt in Semele's mind. Curious, Semele asked Zeus to grant her a boon. Zeus, eager to please his beloved, promised on the river Styx to grant her anything she wanted. She then demanded that Zeus reveal himself in all his glory as proof of his divinity. Though Zeus begged her not to ask this, she persisted and he was forced by his oath to comply. Zeus tried to spare her by showing her the smallest of his bolts and the sparsest thunderstorm clouds he could find. Mortals, however, cannot look upon the gods without incinerating, and she perished. Consumed in lightning and ignited flame, Zeus rescued the fetal Dionysus, however, by selling him into his thigh. When he grew up, Dionysus rescued his mother from Hades, and she became a goddess on Mount Olympus with a new name, Theone, presiding over the frenzy inspired by her son. Okay. Is that it? That's it. That's it for this oh. for this Zeus's love story. 
I was uh, I was hoping that like there would be murder or something. I well, she died. Yeah, yeah, true. She did not. Fuck, there was murder. <laughs> she, yeah, it's you damn one that did do it, it for me. It literally says mortals cannot look upon the gods without incinerating, and she perished. Yeah, never mind, never mind. That did. She it for was me. really like, I really want to see you in your true form, and he was like, I mean, you're gonna die. So okay. <laughs> We, we're gonna find a spice in your article after this. I'm trying to figure out who he fucked and how. No, but like, hear me out. It's like the Kama Sutra of Mount Olympus, you know? <laughs> I wanna know. No, no, no. It's like in the office when Maka's like, I shall now commit Primonatra. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck Netflix, by the way, for taking the office off. It's not Netflix's fault. Okay, but still, that's where I wanna watch it. I don't wanna watch it on Peacock, I wanna watch it on Netflix. Oh, I said cock. <laughs> Zeus would be proud. You're right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week. Let me ask you this. Here, I'll pose. I'll leave you with these questions. Before and and on. If you go on Anchor, so first of all, we have a Twitter. If you uh, follow us on there, we also have um, Anchor with the link in our Twitter bios and thing like that. Um, and there's a spot, I believe, where you can like leave messages or you can leave a recording and, and we can like play it on the podcast or we can answer it, whatever. I'm not, but Nick will. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, I'm going to leave you these, with these questions and we might talk about it next week, but it's really just like side notes. Would you rather fight one horse-sized spider or 1,000 spider-sized horses now horses are usually docile creatures but these horses want to fuck you up okay so that's the caveat is they want to fuck you up and and they are they venomous they can coordinate are they, like are they venomous because i'll be too easy <sighs> i feel like this, i feel like that's difficult enough right that's a thousand spider-sized horses it is it's very very hard at the very least you'd be exhausted after kicking all of them i mean you just pray some raid right <laughs> Do, does raid work on horses? I'm sure because it's poisonous either way. I mean, right? it's gonna it suffocates them. So. It's poisonous either yeah, way. Yeah. And here's another one. Okay, if you had to fight waves of ten first graders at a time, and every five waves there was a fifth grade boss, and these a new wave is every two minutes. How many waves do you think you could fight? I'm going six to seven. Six or seven? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty fair. Honestly, kids are way stronger than, than they let up to. Like, the, like when a kid grabs your arm and starts trying to pull you somewhere, they you can't. Fucking leave, you dude. can't fucking get out of that, man. They, they don't leave. If you put that kid annoying. in a UFC match, I'm, I'm tapping. Like, I don't want, first of all, I don't want to see what the fuck you have to show me because it's not that interesting. It's never that interesting. Okay. It's, it's never that interesting. They're like, look, dirt. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I see this shit every day, Timmy. Fucking eat it. <laughs> Eat it, little Johnny. I don't care. <laughs> right. God. All right. But I'll leave you those. Um, I, people, listen. I don't know. Listen to the next episode. Listen to others if you haven't already. But that's it for this week. It's been There's Gotta Be a Line. And this one, I don't I don't know if we crossed it that much. Yeah, we crossed it. We crossed it. I mean, I said like one thing that was pretty questionable. Say something really fucked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> I, I got one for you. I got oh. one for you. <laughs> I, I can't do it. See you guys next week.